and welcome back to another podcast with Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your co-host, Lexi LeBooth. And I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. I know my name today. Yeah, the other one, he was like, uh, uh, uh. uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I was scared to even talk about the hell town, so. <laughs> Every time we tried to do it, it was like, you can't do it. Yeah, though, gosh, that was a that was a thing. Everything kept happening. Strange stuff. Betty, but uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm Stephen Booth, like I said, the host, and this is my daughter, Lexi. Yeah, yeah. Booth, okay, so. The co-host. Be- yeah, shut up. <laughs> left, we you already, left me hanging. Thanks. We already did introductions. So. You introductions? Okay, as always, we're going to shout everybody out. Oh, God, yes. It's getting bigger, and we love it. Um, Thank you to everybody in the States. There's so many to name. We can't even... And Name them all. <laughs> Bangladesh, Ireland, um, UK. Yeah, the UK. And Germany. And in, yeah, and in the, in the United States. Oh, uh, yeah, in the United States, we got, um, oh, God, Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio, Tennessee, North Carolina, British of Columbia, Texas. Arizona, Texas. It's just it's awesome, guys. Hey, it. It, it, we love it. I don't care how many people I get. I'm really, we really love doing these episodes and doing this podcast and stuff, especially doing the research and talking about the ghost stories. And I'm give a shout out to our friends at the Nazareth Ho- Nazareth Hospital here in Mineral Wells. They uh, do this little thing every now and then. I think it's weekend coming up. She's got this program. I think she does to. Uh, it kind of th- how I how I take it and read it. it it teaches you how to ghost hunt and stuff. Yeah, it's it seems really cool. pretty cool. I ain't done it yet. I should, but I know I'm wrapped up in this. But well, you should go check it out if you got time. But uh, shout out to everybody else who gives us some lovey dovey. Yes, we really, really love it. And as always, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and I think Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher. Yes, uh, I think that's it. And I'm working on working on iHeart. Yeah, I'm gonna get iHeart this weekend, and in time, we're gonna start having a lot of our good Gordon good stuff on Patreon soon. Oh yeah, we're gonna start using that more and more. But we're still gonna upload. Yeah, we're still gonna upload and have stuff on Spotify. We're not gonna leave, you know, and iHeart and all that. So. We'll still have all that, but we're just going to stick some of the goodies for you Patreon fans. Yeah. And Um, uh, maybe two coming. There might be some stickers coming, but we're not for sure. Yeah, we're trying out that and stuff. But um, also check out our Instagram and our Twitter at uh, South Texas Ghost TX. Not whole Texas, just abbreviated TX. And our email is uh, ghost stories told from the South at goodold.com. So, check those out. And we also got a Facebook page, um, and it's Ghost Stories Told from the South. Yes, and then, it ought to be good. I'm going to promote some of our other podcasts real quick. We, Me and my sister just did our new podcast. We finally got that one up and going. It's What's Really Out There. We got our very first episode up today. And we're, they're going to start coming out every Tuesday. So, just think, guys. You can listen to theirs on Tuesday. Uh, this one on Wednesday, and then the Borderline Texas Trash on Friday. On Friday, Friday. yes, is when uh, Mama Ashley's comes out. And then my dad's working with his college one. When is that? Yeah, one I got coming a out? I got a college football one. Uh, comes out on fr- Thursdays. So Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm working on it. Thursday, so, yeah. Friday. Basically, we got a podcast coming out from Tuesday to Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to Friday. Yeah. yeah, and um, we're trying to get my brother to do one, but he's not really he's in it, but he's not. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't you tell them about your stories? Well, today I will be talking about the dog boy. I uh, can't remember where that one's from. I'm going to be talking about the Fairfax Station Bridge. I think I can't remember where that one is. Aye, aye, aye. And then we got the Minnesota. Uh, I went blank. Minnesota Wendigo. The, yeah, the Minnesota Wendigo. And? Oh, and it's not, and it, 
I just thought it was intriguing because you hear about the Winnico in Oklahoma. <laughs> Jesus. The Boston, Indico, Ohio and The Winnico in Ohio. You don't hear really hear about anybody else. I, I mean, I guess. I've never really researched it, but I think I'm going to. But it also could be connected. We don't know. We yeah. do got, we, I think what we need to do is do like a deep dive into the Wendigo. Yes, because, I mean, what I pulled up, I mean, it looks like there's Wendigos all across the uh, nation. Hmm. So it's something maybe, you know what? That, that should be our next special. Wendigo, the legend of the Wendigo. Yeah, we'll do that one first. We'll cover special. the whole U.S. and look at the different sites. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. What we'll do is you cover half this U.S., I'll cover the other half. We'll meet in the middle and have a beautiful presentation. Yay, yay. Okay. But uh, who's gonna, who's going to go first on Scary um, Story Night tonight? I, <laughs> I will start first. I'm mm. going to cover the Wash. Ooh. The Wash Mansion. You oh, wanna, the Wash Mansion. Yeah, you can. Look oh, that you up. went here. I'm yeah. I'm not going in order of how they're. Oh, okay, because I seen the first one and I was like. Oh yeah, no, I'm not going in order. I'm trying to save that first one for the last one. That's a good idea. Make them wait for it. Especially how that first one plays out. So. God, sorry guys. Headbutt the microphone, why don't you? Well, I was looking, looking, never mind. Looking. Okay, so he's like, okay, like I said, last podcast, he's going to have the computer set up to the side. So he's going to be looking at that nonchalantly. So Yeah, it keeps me busy so I don't touch the stuff and, and mess stuff mess up. It up. And plus, some of this cool stuff is really Oh, and cool this episode, at. guys, we are video recording it. So that's something else we're going to be doing. We're going to be videoing these and put putting them on, them on Patreon, Patreon. So y'all can come over there <laughs> and uh, see us and uh, tell us how spooky we look. <laughs> hey, we should do that for the Halloween special. We'll dress up like something for Halloween and videotape it. <laughs> we'll make a video of it. But, yeah, guys, it's it. we're getting more involved in it, getting more stuff out there for you guys and girls to to uh, to watch and learn. I mean, watch and listen and stuff for us home. But, anyways, let Lexi do her uh, story here. Okay, I'm going to be doing the Wash Mansion. It's a wash. Wash Mansion, and it's in Portland, Oregon. Okay, so the mansion construction, like the blueprint for it, started in the early 1900s. The construction began in 1912. So the uh, blueprints and everything took 12 years itself, which I was like, dang, can no one decide on what to do? (laughs) So, okay. The people who built it and stuff like that, I guess, or whoever it was built for, they moved in when it was done. I don't mean to interrupt you but did you say portland portland oregon all right um they moved in in 1914 okay that's what i found was crazy too it took them 12 years to plan this thing out and only two years to build do what so it took them 12 years to build it i mean then i mean to uh plan it out and figure out what they wanted to do but only two years to actually what they do work on it two or three times a year i Uh, really let's go over let's go to look at the blueprints i really don't know so they moved in um, in 1914 with eight other family members and one um, one of them only lived in the house for four years then that person died well the rest of the family lived there until 1950 and then they sold the house and moved out in 1958 well it sat empty for four years um, and then it got hurricane damage in 1962 and the um, public raised $225,000 for the house, like, to fix it. That's pretty big. That's oh. a house. That looks like a damn hotel. I know. That is big. That is huge. That's a huge hotel. Man, you thick house. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Um And then in 1965, it opened as a mu- museum for the public. So since <laughs> A I- museum? So since 1965, it's been a museum. Now, the uh, ghosty stuff that they moved, that they heard once they moved in and kind of the museum experiences, um, they see and they hear strange noises, and they also smell weird stuff. Yeah. Um, the wife of the house died um, at 68, and the husband was 80. 
um, the windows, the, what are the shutters? They open and close on their own. They hear heavy footsteps. God, and look, at, look at the inside. Oh, dang. Yeah. The uh, portrait of her husband hangs around the house. Um, and then you can see the apparitions of the couple and the groundkeeper. So it's always the groundkeeper. <laughs> Man, that I mean, that, that looking at the house, how big it is, and all that, I bet you it's got a lot of history with it. And I only got <laughs> from like nineteen in the nineteen hundred. And it really didn't go through many owners, did it? Uh, no, nope. Went to two or three. At maximum. That's cool. And then they passed away in it too, so. Yeah, the hus the husband died first, and then the wife died later. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's a big place there. Yeah, see. Okay, it's your turn. Yeah, I mean, man, that was quick. Yeah, well, I have, I have like four short stories. So. Oh, it's a short story day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after this, I'm going to have to do some more research and find some more ghost stories for the kiddos. Sure, Mars. Sure, Tolker. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about Dog Boy. Dog Boy? Like the wolf boy? No, this is like a dog. No. Okay. I, and they never Wait, did... before you start, sorry to interrupt. Is it... Have you heard of the urban legend the uh, humans can lick too? Humans can lick? Two? Okay. I haven't heard of humans lick one. No, like... <laughs> no, like humans can lick two. Not like the number two, like two. Like also. Oh. Is it... Never mind, since you don't know the urban legend. Yeah, I'm like, this. no, I ain't heard about the licking person people. Never mind, he doesn't know that one. Yeah, well, y'all can email me and tell me the story. I've never heard of the... You know. I was going to make a point there, but he don't know what I mean, so let's not even attempt <laughs> But uh, I, they didn't really tell why they called him Dog Boy. They just, I don't know. But anyways, in 1954, Gerald Floyd Betts was born in, a, in the Betts house, named after, you know, the family. Those who knew the boy said he would catch dogs and cats and keep them in his home and torture them, then eventually kill them. That's how a serial killer yeah. is made. But he would, uh, like I say, yeah, torture them until they're dead. But he was uh, known for treating his parents very badly. Dang. According to the police report, when he uh, got older, he started look uh, started locking his parents up in the freaking attic for years and keeping them there he would only let them get out to go to work and stuff and come home D why would they even come home exactly they, they had him, him they had him so had he had them so brain you know washed. washed well he abused his parents badly but he wasn't arrested for it until after his uh the and until after the death of his father his father supposedly uh Fell down some steps or something and tweaked his hip, broke his hip or something like oh, that. Oh, whenever you're old and you break something, yeah. you just die. And then uh, then that's when the cops started kind of looking into it for abuse. And then uh, they found, that's when they went in and found his mom, that he was abusing his mom. Dang. Yeah, he went, he got locked up and put in prison and he died of a drug overdose. And... Uh, they say, I mean, the people that own it now say the mid or the whoever owned it when he died because they don't have a date of when he died or went to jail or prison. But they say when he died, the minute he died, within months, they started having reports of a big kind of just burly, you know, guy. Why do they um, call him Dog Boy? I'm over here expecting it. To I like guess an because dog. he was torturing the uh, cats and the animal or cats and the, the, the dogs and the dogs. cats. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Jeez. Yeah, but I thought that was pretty creepy. But yeah, man, there's uh, there's been reports of not only him walking around, but oh, you'll see parents. you'll see like a vision of a cat sometimes or a dog, or you'll hear a, the people won't own a cat or dog or nothing, and they'll hear like a dog barking or like 
You know how we're recording and they'll scratch on the door? <laughs> they said they would hear that, you know, and that's creepy. <laughs> no. Very creepy. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Hmm. Just think if you hear something scratching on the door and you go and there's nothing there. Yeah, I'm, no. And see, I would love to live in a big old house, like these older houses, but they're I, so yeah. creepy. There's so much and history. It, history, and then when you walk on them, it's like creepy. Cr like the old man is just well the kids can't sneak out when they're older if you yeah here they can but man they know there's the a, dogs will wake up and too you know me and lexi found out about a couple places here in mineral wells we didn't even know about oh yeah so, so we're gonna research those yeah too. she'll have them coming up for you or i will or somebody will and yeah, probably yay. lexi because she always she likes to do the deep digging on that i mean yeah. i do too but she, she doesn't do places Ow. Don't poke me. It was a pencil. Yeah. I'll poke you. I'll poke you. Okay. <laughs> so that was a really short story, but it was yeah. a good one. Uh, but the one after that isn't too short. It's not too short. Too short. Get it? The rapper? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can look this one up too if you feel like it. This mm, is the, the scary Mc story. This is the McRaven Tour Home. The McRib Home. McRaven Tour Home. So, <laughs> this is in Mississippi, the Tongue Twister State. I love how I called it the Tongue Twister State. Tongue Twister State. Huh. Tour yeah, 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 yeah. Tour. Tour. Okay. So, this place, yes, this place first opened to the public in 1961. It was featured on Geographic, Life Magazine, Travel Channel, uh, 48 Hours, and etc. Wait a minute. I know this house. 48 I, Hours? I remember 48 Hours. I didn't look it up. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't look up the house. I need to start doing that. I'm not looking up the pictures and stuff, and I really need to. Yeah, the McRaven house is this one right here. That house looks sim like familiar. Well, it's been in some movies, like she said. I know. Oh, my God. Is it the Coven House? No, I don't. Well, the living room looks like it is. Dude, okay, let me click through the pictures. It just might be because that's the that's the front. But no, because the Coven House was in Louisiana. I thought. Oh yeah, that's right. This is in Mississippi. Sorry, I had an AHS freak out moment. And the one we're talking about is in Mississippi, right? Yes. Okay. But the living room looks so similar. Yeah. Well, it, see, like there's the living, there's the bedrooms. Well, yeah. Look at that. Well, you gotta think though, in the South back then, they all kind of they all kind of look yeah. similar. Okay. Well, it was popular for being built in three different time periods. Really? Yeah. And it was also called the time capsule of the South. I mean, just by looking at the pictures, you can yeah. tell. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. The first proportion of the house was built in 1797. The second proportion was built in 1836. Then the third proportion, <laughs> which was finished it, was built in 1849. Wow. Yeah. That's freaking crazy. And it never did say why it was um, called the McRaven Tour Home. But I do have some ghosty stuff. What, any good murders happen there? Um, Yes. Which we will find out. Okay, so you can see the apparitions of Mary Elizabeth Howard. She's the most active. She died at a young age in 1936, shortly after childbirth. She uh. was the lady of the house. Um, John Bob. John Bob, I'm <laughs> sorry. It's so freaking. John hey, John Bob. Bob. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to pick on people's names, but that's pretty funny. Um, he built the grand parlor and master su suite of the Gra McRaven, so he's one of the constructors. He survived the Vicksburg sage at the McRaven. I guess there was like a saging or something. I don't know. A saging? Yeah. But he was murdered a year later by Union soldiers. And he strolls the balcony. Ah, that's well, a creepy balcony. You might know this guy, Andrew Glass. Sounds familiar. The highwayman. Sounds familiar, but I can't. Um, he he built. He was one of the first people, <laughs> I guess, to do it. He built the house as a hideout, 
and he robbed people. That's why he was called the highwayman. Ah. And that's when they started. He said that's when he started noticing that the house was like a magnet for paranormal. Um. There was like this sage of something at the McRaven, and he something happened at the McRaven. I don't really understand that part, but he made it to the hospital. Something bad happened, and he made it to the hospital. That made him go to the hospital. He made it yeah. to the hospital to hide too, I guess. Well, um, the, the one of the owners was pushed onto the ground from like high up by a ghost. The same owner was chased around the house by a ghost. Um, a drawer was slammed on the thumbs of that owner. Both oh my thumbs, god! And it broke. Jeez. And then after that, he was like, "Forget it, I'm moving." Yeah, I'd be the same way. I don't blame him. Um, doors slam, lights turn on and off, the alarm clocks go off in the middle of the night, and then you see the sightings of former residents. That's weird, man. Um, uh, uh, the site is, uh, obvious, it's, I almost said obviously. Apparently. <laughs> trying to be a smart aleck, huh? Apparently it's an important role in the civil. Civil, the civil, civil war. war. Yeah. And then there's a graveyard under it or something by it. Under the, oh, by the house. By it or under it, for many unknown unknown soldiers. Yeah. And there's a teenager girl spirit that no one knows how she died or why she's there. Well, you gotta think though. There's probably a lot of spirits, especially people that got people that were that died in the Civil War in the South. There's so many different places. Yeah. Ugh. That's so weird that it looks just like the Coven House. Not just like I it, know you was flipping room. out, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was Louisiana. Yeah, but then I was like, yeah, sorry. Okay, what's your story, my okay. friend? Okay. My, man, we got a bunch of shorties today, guys. I don't think we're going to make a full hour. I have a long one. That's okay. <laughs> I have one long one. Okay, this is the Fairfax, the Fairfax Station Bridge. In the hills of uh, in the hills of Clifton, Virginia, there's a little old railroad overpass called the Bunny Man Bridge. The Bunny Man Bridge. Yeah, we're gonna go there and buy some bunnies one day. Hippity hoppity hippity. It's hoppity. a creepy legend that goes like this: a group of convicts. Well, they I don't know why they kept saying convicts. A group of patients from a nearby asylum was taking them to another asylum in the around or anyways there was asylum in the area transporting these patients to another asylum somewhere else and on the way there they had a bad crash right there at the railroad i guess they crashed into it because here i'll show you the picture real quick oh that's great yeah it is it's like a little uh that's that's cool. it's like a little uh tunnel I mean, it's not that big at all. You sorry. Season wide is to was not fairly like. But it's a very creepy story. If I can get there, just give me a minute. He's going slow. Just give him one second, though. <laughs> I don't like this dead space. Me neither. It's okay. Okay, here we go. Yeah, look. That's it right here. Ew, I don't like that. It's creepy as... That's it, baby. Ew. Yeah. There's been so many tunnels like that, like in yeah. movies. And the railroad's right up here. See, look, here's all the different angles of it. Nope, I'm okay. Yeah, see, there's the railroad up there. It's just a little bitty old bear, but supposedly they ran into that tunnel and crashed. Well, they crashed, and the uh, the patients got out. Well, while most of the patient, while most of the patients were found found dead or alive, two managed to escape. Okay. And not long after the crash, one of the patients was was uh, hanging from the overpass. With the letter attached to him signed, The Bunny Man. Oh, heck no. Yeah. 
they keep looking for the second patient. There was a large number of rabbits uh, half-eaten and hanging from trees, you know, nearby. Whenever they found that guy? No, when they went looking for the guy. Oh. Then they found him. See, they already found the one guy hanging. So the second guy they find now, the second one was running, and he got, oh, he was running and was uh, got away from him and was running, and when he did, he went to run across the railroad tracks, and a train came and Dang. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. It's one of them urban legend stories because there's no, there's never been an asylum around that area. And there's no reports in the papers of anything like this happening. Maybe there was and they were like, let's cover it up. But listen to this, though. In the 1970s, there was reports of a man in a bunny suit attacking people. When the police started investigating it, they found nothing. One of the incidences was there was a couple, and they was, you know, at the local make-out point or whatever, and I guess it was around there. And there's this old man that said in a bunny suit that was like, get out of, get out of my, pro- get off my property or something like that. And through an act, through an accident, it really came and hit the windshield. And then uh-huh, uh-huh. there was another uh, store, a report of him uh, hanging out in the yard. Every time somebody gets close, he's like, get off my, get out of here. This is my property. But no, then, like you. I said, when the cops went to go investigate, nothing. No one was around. No, there's been no trace of no one living there. What the heck? Yeah, so they're thinking... There's been no reports, but then in the 70s, it started to happen, and it kind of died off when the cops went to investigate because they couldn't find nothing. That is weird. Yeah, because it's one of them stories that a lot of it's BS, but there's some stuff that's true because it's the stuff in the 70s was reported. The crash and all that was never reported or anything, so they can't tell you if it's true or not because it's never been, so we don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, just think though, what if it's the spirit of the bunny man? Yeah, true. That's what another urban legend is. It's the story of the bunny man. That is very, very weird. No, you're weird. And you're queer. I hope you like that scare. But just think though, man, if all that was true and you was one of them cops that had to go look for that damn guy and you found him uh, hung up. And it said the bunny man, and then you went to look for the second guy, and then there was freaking half-eaten rabbits hanging around everywhere. I I mean, I'm very interested in the paranormal and seeing stuff like that. But But not enough to get myself killed. I mean, I I don't know what I would really have to see to make me go, ooh, but I get scared easy, too. I'm very jumpy, so. See, in like half my instances, I'm like, no, I want to run away. But then also the part of me is like, I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's kind of like, eh, you like them kind of pins, don't you? Yeah, I like They're all awesome. of them. Well, but, then use all of them. Okay. At one I'm time. I'm going to tell my long story before I tell my other story. So, <laughs> you just scratched me with your dang toenail. Well, you've been over here trying to play footsies with me. Shut up. Okay, so let's get started. This is another one in Portland, Oregon. This is the Benson Hotel. So if you want to look it up, you can. Benson. The Benson Hotel in Portland, Oregon. next time I'll give myself some room to get my stuff looked up. I forgot to even do that because how tunnel that, how creepy that tunnel is. Yeah. It's good to have a visual. Okay. So, this is one of Portland's finest hotels. It's the seventh largest hotel in Portland. It's a ward class. A ward class. A ward. A ward. No, world. World. World class hotel. And it has historic landmarks. There's 287 rooms. And they. Uh, there was drinking fountains brought, bought. For the city, and there's also ten thousand dollars donated at one point for the thingy. Dang. Oh dang. Look at that sucker. Wow. 
Woo-wee. So the grand opening for the hotel was a gala affair. It opened on March 5th. Hey, that's my friend's birthday. It opened when? March 5th of 1913. Ooh, March 5th. That's Haley's birthday. That's weird. Okay, so it opened. It opened. It opened. opened. It opened. It opened March 5th of 1913. And back then, it was called the New Oregon Hotel. It lost money during the first 16 months of business. Then they oh, renamed man. the hotel the Benson Hotel, and then they brought in $100,000 of profit a year God, after they renamed it. look at that it. woodwork, man. That That's, is really nice. It's a beautiful place. Look it up. It's the Benson Hotel, guys. Um, they sold the hotel in 1919, and then that person owned it until 1990 or 1944. Then it got sold to new people, and they made a $250,000 renovation. Jeez. They added 175 guest rooms, a ballroom, and a restaurant. And then... In 1988, it was sold again. Well, by that time, it needed major re- renovation again. So, that cost $17 million. Mmm. Um, they had that just laying around. God, look at some of these rooms, though. I know, it's Jesus, nice. I bet you it cost them 100 bucks just for the cheap room. Um, And the renovation for that time only costed a year. Um, like, ended up being only a year. But, um... It was, it was weird just because of how many people have owned it and stuff like that. Yeah. So. <sighs> the there's two people who haunt, haunt it. There's two people who hunt it. Haunt it, they know for sure. One of them is Mr. Benson. You can see him as an adult and a child. Oh my so, God! Why would a child be there? No, him as a child. I know, but. Wasn't he the first one that built it? Yes. Well, then why would you... That don't make any sense. If I don't know. Like, ghosts, like, go in I can understand forms. if he was born there or something. I don't know. Guests go... I mean, God, God dang it. I cannot talk. Ghosts like to go in between selves, so I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he didn't like the fact that alcohol is sold sold there. He hates that. Oh, really? Like, he doesn't like the bar being there or anything, oh, so that's so one of the was, reasons. He was part of the prohibition to stop it. Um, people have died unexpectedly there, and he's part of that cause. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So the spirits there often appear to people as how they were most happy in their previous lifetime. And then ones who have died as adults are seen as children, just like Mr. Benson. And dang, that's a cute staircase. Yes. They, man, this place is, is nice. Well, there's a 12th, 9th, and the 4th floors have paranormal activity. The grand staircase, the dining room, and the business meeting rooms also do too. A male entity is dressed in a formal suit, and he's been seen floating down the main lobby. Staircase, um, people have seen him, so that's, that's cool. Um, he's also been seen dressed in a dark suit coat. Um, apparition with no legs has been seen floating around the common area of the hotel. He knocks over the drinks, like, off the bar and stuff. Like, if there's one sitting out, he'll knock it over. People describe him as being spiteful. Because I wonder if like, that's him. Oh. There's a statue in the middle of this place. Probably is him. One reason probably why he's, like, the way he is. Um, you can also see a person... Which could be him dressed in casual clothes as a lumberjack. Damn. Man, this place was, man, they did not spare any money doing any kind of reservation. The last reservation cost $17 million. Now wow. I know why. And I like how they keep it old looking. I know. So, okay, yeah. He is either seen in, you know, those clothes we already talked about or casual clothes of a lumberjack. He also walks around the dining room. He has fooled employee. He has fooled an employee who was setting up for a banquet. She thought he was real. He walked into the wine cellar and didn't come out. Oh my god! Which that place 
where the wine shelter wine cellar used to be it used to be a uh barber shop oh so why would they get rid of the barber shop for? and then he also hangs out in one of the business meeting rooms in the downstairs oh, area God. well and this is cool too um a and you can debunk this if this part isn't true because i'm not sure if it is because it's all on the internet but the former drummer for Jimi Hendrix, um, Mitch Mitchell, he died, I guess, in 2008. I know he died. I didn't know where oh, he died. Oh, yeah. So he did die. Yeah, he died at that hotel. Oh, God. Is his spirit there? Yeah, he haunts it, too. Really? Yeah. Huh. That so, must have been one of his favorite places. So he's he. there's an unknown ghost male. This person is dressed like a nar nart. God, <laughs> I cannot talk today. He's dressed like a narc. He's dressed like a night porter, like a real person. And he's helped a, a disabled guest get into bed and then disappear from that room. Jeez. There is a... At least he's helpful. Oh. You know, he could be a jerk. Guess who this next person is we're going to talk about. Who? The lady in white. Oh, lordy. <laughs> lady in white. She, t she wonders the halls of the hotel. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Saying, Where's my white dress? Jeez. Okay, so there's this another female entity. She wears a turquoise dress and red earrings. She is seen in a big mirror and she's also been seen in the lobby hotel. So there's a then there's this boy entity. He's about three years old. He's a thin boy with brown hair. On the ninth floor he has appeared appeared by the bedside of a female guest she reached out to pull him towards her because she thought that it was uh, her kid and she felt the warm like he'll actual body oh gosh she felt the body heat that's creepy as pookie well then he got in her face and made a silly and <coughs> scary face then sat at the end of the bed happy with the smiling face and just vanished that's happened twice to that same girl oh my god so well no one has quit yet. No one has left early yet, or no one has checked out yet because of it. Well, I think they need to get out of there while you can. And the ghosts have been seen by both staff and guests, and some paranormal you know, people have gone there and investigated. Maybe we should just start doing that. I'll start planning trips once a year, and we'll plan to go spend a week at a place we and do can. like a podcast for every day or we... two. Yeah. Okay. Instead of going to Disney World or somewhere of fun, we'll be going to haunted places. Well, forget Disney World. You know how expensive that place oh, is. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. My story is about the Wendica. Now, this one is about the Minnesota Wendica. Wendigo. Wendico. But uh, now, this one's going to be kind of short because they was focusing more, and I didn't know that, so I'm going to go ahead and say it now. The Wendico name actually comes from a mental problem. That's where it gets its name from. I'm going to start and calling stuff. Basically, the Wendigo, they call it Wendigo Syndrome or something like that. It's basically something they get up north. It's kind of like cabin fever. Mm. You get stuck out there in the woods or something for a while, and you start going, you know, crazy. going crazy after a while, and you turn on your mate to eat them, basically. But, um, your survival, actually, like, mammal instincts kink to kick in. Keep yeah, in. you know, guys, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, and uh, anyways, but the creature, the first, the first reports of the creature was in the Indian days, and I can't. There's like five different tribes, and they had, you know, in every one of their descriptions, there was some that were different, but the main thing in all of them that your creature, that the creature, was big and muscular. And um, had horns, you know, like a deer. And in some stories, he looked starved, like skinny. Some stores, uh, stories, he was big, you know, looked like he had been eaten. But um, that's another thing, too. One of the legends is that uh, he uh, eats the flesh. That's what keeps him going, is eating the human flesh. See, in Helltown, it's the complete opposite. Like, he's all muscular, and he doesn't eat the flesh. He just yeah. eats the bones. That's what I thought was weird. He, but yeah, I'm gonna, 
I think our next special, because that story, that, I mean, that was it about the Wendigo. Of course, you know, you've, there's been sightings all over Minnesota about the Wendigo. So, and it's been, I mean, it, it's, it's an urban legend from the store, from the Indian days. And there was like five tribes. But like I said, every one of them was different. There wasn't one exactly like the other. But in every story, the description of the antlers and him being kind of like a man half beast. So that was, part is true in every story. Yeah, it's very definite. But like I wanted, I didn't tell Alex anything about the flesh eating stuff because I wanted to surprise her. But she's right. In the Ohio, uh, Wendico, he uh, don't eat the flesh. He eats what's inside, supposedly. And leaves you deflated. Yeah, and in this one, he eats the flesh. So it's just I'm gonna we're gonna dig into it. And that's gonna be our hour special because. I think we should do that because just in Minnesota, how many different stories there was and how that one thing was the same in them. I wonder how, I wonder how many. Well, and how different it was just from that and then Ohio. Like, yeah, and that's not too far away. No. I mean, it's far away. But, but it's not like yeah. another country or something. But, but yeah, I think we're going to do that, but... uh Sorry, that one was short, but they talked more about, like I said, the disease of the Wendigo and where he got his name. And then they talked more about the Indians and what they described and what they thought he looked like or what he looked like to them when they seen him. But it's crazy, though, how back then there was no way to communicate from Minnesota to Ohio unless you got on a horse and drove to the other state and said, hey, so how would these two Indian tribes from a whole different part of the United States call the creature the same thing? Yeah. That's what blows my mind. Yeah, that's... You know, that's they weird. all, they them two tribes, you know, because in Ohio, in Ohio, the Indians thought the land was cursed, remember? Yeah, the Indians and the settlers, both of them did. Yeah, the, and Indians, the settlers. The Indians were like, huh, we're not going to settle here, but the yeah. settlers were stupid. They're like, yeah, we're, we're just, going to. We refuse to believe. <laughs> yeah, but it just blows my mind, and that's what I was thinking about while I was reading, searching, doing research on it is how. I mean, there's no way they could get together and be like, hey, we've seen a Wendica, a Wendica too. Did you see a Wendica? We've seen, you know. I love her calling it a Wendica and <laughs> Wendigo. But it just amazes me that they both called it the same thing since day one. And the description from Ohio to Minnesota is just. Oh, no, I know. Pretty much, you know, like I said, in the Ohio stories and the Minnesota stories, they. All said he had antlers and was muscular and half man, half beast. Yeah. So I'm interesting. It's kind of like the Bigfoot stuff. There's been reports of it. You know, the Indians Yeah. have reported it. And, you know, they couldn't get together back then and go, well, we call that thing a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Yeah, that's, I don't so know. So that's what tells me, that's what makes me believe it's, there's some real to it. So, well, that's going to be our special, though, the Wendigo. Wendigo. Okay. This is going to be our final story of today. I'm going to be talking about the Amityville Horror House. Ooh, I was waiting on this. So, I will say this. When I was a kid, that movie came out. I was probably your brother's age. It scared the freaking pee-pee out of me, man. Well, okay, oh, I was God, debating putting me. this one on here or mine and Stephanie's because there is some conspiracy on stuff to it, but there's also some ghost stuff to it. So I was like, you know what? I can always I, do it on both. I did hear some of the conspiracy stuff, and that's pretty crazy because one of them is they thought it was a mob hit. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they, well, they, they say the dad was involved with the mob a little. Not a whole lot, but a little. Wow. Okay. That's one of the theories. I didn't and then know the, about and that. And then the other one was, uh, that I've always heard is that the guy that did it was like the devil made me do it. Yeah. Like he, like, yeah. But we'll we'll get into that. So but I'll let her tell the story because she whooped it up. Yes. Okay. So. Sorry, I'll quit. I no, had to get on my page. You're good. So on November 13th of. 
1974, there was a mass murder in this house. Ooh, two years before I was born. Dude, I just realized that. Okay. So, this guy, um, Ronald DeFeo Jr., or Ronnie, he took a point thirty-five uh, Marlin rifle. Oh, yeah. Um, and he murdered his entire family while they were asleep. He killed his four siblings and both his parents. Well, 13 months later, the Lutz family moved in. They bought it for $180,000. And they're, they, only, they weren't even there a month. They were only there eight, 28 days. Um, so, yeah, that's right. All that stuff in the movies supposedly happened within that 28 days, a 28 right? 28-day nightmare, yeah. Yeah. So... This is kind of the history of what happened after the Lutz family moved in. Oh, so the Stepp family had history dabbling in a cult. That's probably the Mafia theory. What? It said Stepfather had history dabbling in a cult. Okay, Lexi, a cult is totally different from the mob. No, oh, not a cult, a cult, like with an O. Look how it's... I know, but there's no occult even in with the mob. No, I know, but I meant, I don't, I was trying <laughs> to explain, I don't, never mind. <laughs> okay, so the um, the stepfather said to wake up at 3.15 every morning. That's the same time the murder happened. Um, he and the rest of the family claimed to smell strange odors Green ooze would apparently come out of the walls and the keyholes. Cold spots in certain areas. A priest apparently came to the house to bless it and heard a voice to tell him to get out. The garage door opens and closes. There's a ghost knocking down the knives in the kitchen. A pig-like creature stares down the stepdad and the son from the window. It's just taken from the house. That's an actual... Ew! Yeah, it's one of the boys. God, ew. Um, the like wife, Jackson. yeah, I know, right? Uh. The wife, the wife was found levitating off her bed, and he found the sons doing the same thing. Well, the police had them do a lie detector test. He pa- they all passed it. The skeptics believed that they had the movie made to help them out of the money issues because all their money was tied up in this house. Well, yeah, just um, remember, guys. If you're looking for a house and an apartment, I know you're down on your luck. And if they go, man, you can't beat this. It's a blah, 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 a certain amount. You ask know, them what happened like, to the house. Yeah, ask them why is it so cheap and what happened. And if they won't tell you, don't move in. So their lawyer said that they came up with it over a bottle of wine. Um, the son, Daniel, lives in New York and claims the house ruined his life and has nightmares to this day. The murderer, Ronald, or Ronnie, he's still alive, or he was at the time. He's 46 now. He probably still is alive, or unless he, like, died of something in the prison. He is serving six 25-year sentences, so basically he will be there until he's dead. Yeah, he ain't getting out anytime soon. He claimed voices told him to do it, and he claims that until he dies, but he also has changed his story multiple times. And then at one point he blamed it on a gangster. So I was like, okay. Yeah, look at that. See that in the. Oh. Uh, the house was sold in 2017 for six hundred and five thousand dollars to a new owner. Six hundred and five. Yeah. Oh my god. Way more up since last. Yeah, year. when they bought it, because they only bought it for a hundred and eighty. Yeah, and then now it's six hundred and five thousand. God, doogity doo. I wonder if that's because of the history. Probably. I mean, in the location, probably too. Yeah, it's. But, in, it's. I forgot to say, it's in Amityville, uh, New York. Yeah, so I wonder how much of it's the story too that helps. Look, there's the boathouse in the garage. Oh wow. It's all nice and neat now. Man, that's still Ugh. creepy. Um, there's been four families that have moved in and out since the murders. <coughs> um, and. Th- Oh, well, no, I'm not going to say that. Well, yeah, I am. Okay, so whenever the fam- whenever the police came and found the families that Ronnie killed or whatever, they were all found face down, but he murdered them, like, while they were sleeping. 
And it looked, the cops said that it looked like they were being held from down below, not above. Huh. And no one heard the gunshots. See, and that's what I always thought was weird. Wherever he started killing, whether it was his little brothers or his mom and dad, somebody would have heard that gun go off in that house and be woke up because he went in there, killed his mom and dad, killed his brothers and sisters. And one of them would have woken up. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Or Nobody ran and woke for up. Help. Yeah. But the cops didn't think about that and they were like I mean, honestly though, you have to look at the um in a, the cop situation you have to look at all the like, evidence instead of like yeah. the what ifs. So but like I mean, this is one of those stories where you're like, Oh, I don't know if that's true or what's true or what's not, you know what I mean? But the murders did happen. So I don't I don't know. There's Ronnie yeah, out there. Yeah, that's the guy. Ronnie DeFeo. Yeah, I remember that movie. It came out when I was a kid, and it scared the living shoosh out of me. Jeez. Well, even the remake is pretty scary. Oh, God, the remake, they did really good on it, because I'm not much on the remakes, but they did a real good job. Yeah, they did. But it's okay. Let's sign off, and let's say goodbye to our people. All right there, ladies and gents, and big old piconies. Well, well, I hope y'all had fun today listening to our stories. Sorry about that dead space. I'll start uh, having his when I do ready. my stories. I'll flip up and look at stuff too, so that way, because I forget about that tunnel, you know. But that'd be creepy going up on a tunnel like that, seeing a oh, guy dead no. there. But as always, I want you guys to send us an email if you oh, feel free yes, to. Oh yes, indeed, guys. Um, and then check out our Instagram and our Spotify and our brand new Facebook page. Yes, and make yes. sure to check out our other um, places where you can listen. Don't forget about mine and Stephanie's <laughs> podcast of what's really out there. Uh, uh. Um, my dad and my cousins, Borderline, yes, Texas, borderline Trash. Texas Trash. And, and if you like college football, feel free to check out my dad's. which College is football. And I'm going to be getting a fantasy football one coming up. So. A, I'm a football junkie, too. I, I'm just, I just like podcasting. I want to do as many, of I, many as I can. Yeah, right now we have four together. Yes. <laughs> but this is really fun, guys. And I'm so glad I get to tell these spooky stories to you. Oh, we love it. Thank you so much. You guys be very, very good. And this is uh, Stephen Booth. And this is Lexi Booth. From Ghost Stories Told from the South. And we will see you guys later. <laughs> see you later, everybody. Bye. <laughs>